confused. Why are we in this dusty old mansion? Well, the League is looking to expand their housing units for teams out on the road, and they're in the process of purchasing a number of new pieces of real estate to renovate. I guess we have to check them out first. I don't care what the brass wants with this 10,000 square foot coffin. Why are we here? You and me. Commentators. Door kicking and room clearing aside, I'm no housing inspector. And stylish blazer aside, you're no realtor. So unless they're looking to put the kibosh on a killer corpse infestation and a necromancer whose weakness is, I don't know, geography lessons and a high tenor, I don't think we're the slobs for the job. Huh. That's a really good point, pal. I guess I never stopped to ask why. <sighs> Kip, you gotta employ some critical thinking when Nexus gives you a job, instead of just jumping at it like a trained dog. Don't get me wrong, I love dogs, but when one drags me along on their weird sniff quest at Mildew Manor, well, it gives a guy pause. No, no, you're right, Storm. Something's wrong here. Let me get HQ on the stone. Hello? Hello? Yes, this is Kip Killigan. I need level 3 details on Housing Project Gamma. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What? Oh, you have got to be kidding me. Well, can you send us a... Hello? Hello? Oh, you cannot be serious right now. That sounded productive. There's been a mix-up. Apparently, one of the Tri-Drone recorders is malfunctioning, and we got sent on this low-tier surveillance mission instead of an actual housing team. This is a king-size screw-up, and now I can't seem to get a connection. The divination signal shot. I don't even know when they're coming to get us. Yep, that sounds about right. Well, if we stay put, I'm sure someone at HQ will fill out the wrong form in triplicate, and a team of oxen will be sent round in a ten-day. In the meantime, it's getting pretty late, and we're more than a day from the nearest town. Now I got wilderness chops that'll make a lumberjack blush. But I doubt you've got the fortitude to rough it in the bush. So it looks like we're settling in at the old cobweb museum. Stay here? In this spooky old house? At night? Hey, what's the worst that could happen? It's not like it's hot. <clears throat> I don't believe him. Yes. And now we will listen to a forgotten quest from the Mortal Dawn, one that was buried by the Nexus Enterprise. But why? We'll find out. It's a dreary overcast evening as the Lachey Gallant wheels its way along the Five Spear River into the small village of Geyers. A strange town on the threshold of an old-growth forest, nestled by a cold black lake. The houses and small businesses seem reluctantly close together, like a begrudging proximity of necessity. Crows call their sharp, bitter song from each rooftop, and tiny raindrops begin to fall. You were sent here on a league quest, a simple matter on the surface. In the past season, several citizens have gone missing. The Crown sent one of their official justices to investigate, and the job wasn't given to the league until he too went missing. Hydravor stops outside a small tavern near the heart of the village, and Morty leaps from the wagon landing in a mud puddle. The sign reads The Seven Tables. You're here to meet Mayor Cavian and learn more about the job. The whole town gives you a strange feeling, familiar but cold. The silence from the tavern feels off, 
you would think that a place like this would be full of those seeking drink and company on a cold, rainy evening. But as you enter, the only patron in sight is an old man alone at the bar. A poor man's noble, tight skin and tired eyes. A halfway marker between a beard and a shadow clings to his chin. He raises a glass to his lips with a shaky hand. The half-elven bartender eyes you, nods, then looks to the old man and busies himself with random tasks. This place sucks. <sighs> the old man jumps up as he hears the sound from people at the door, spilling some beer on the front of his tabard. The good news is our suspect pool is pretty small, then. Uh, uh, gre- greetings. Um, Please, c- come have a seat, would you? I'm not until you give me my bourbon first. Uh, do we have any bourbon here? And the somewhat silent half-elf polishing a glass shakes his head no. Hmm. Well, get on with it. Uh, we have some beers. Uh, beers, everyone? No. No. Okay. Give mine to Arvid. <laughs> the bartender simply sets a few full flagons of beer on the bar and lets you divvy them out as you wish. He says, you, you must be those individuals from Lucinelli that we sent for. We must. I, I must thank you for your expediency in getting here. Things have been quite strange. He looks exhausted, like he hasn't slept in days. You should fire your city planner. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. Now that we're here, things will go back to normal very quickly, I'm sure. I look at Hardathax, confused. (laughs) I I wink a nictitating membrane at you. (laughs) Gross. I'm afraid of the many things that happened in the history of this small village. Planning was not part of it. Uh, Collective of convenience at a time that sort of grew into what you see before you. The first thing to go is always civil engineering. But continue. We've had some citizens go missing over the past season. It was almost unnoticeable based on how far apart they were. I mean, people do die. People do get lost in the woods. But this is too much at once. It's no coincidence. It can't be. And then the king sent that man, that horrible shadow of a man, a giant. He presented himself, covered in weapons, Scaring my citizens with this, with his questions and his sharp knives. He's gone missing as well. You see, the people here were not terribly fond of the king's justice. We exist on a bit of a border between the colony of Rogamia and Inlakes. Our taxes are very high, and we tend to get the king's aid last in line. Both seem counterintuitive to each other. Hmm. Needless to say, I'm very grateful to have a group of uh, non-government officials here to take care of this. Uh, some of the people who have gone missing is, uh, well, Justice Samora, of course, the man who I spoke of. The Weber's young daughter, she's gone missing, as well as a man named Winston Tierro, who has a family in the south part of town. The cheesemaker's assistants, uh, Jeffrey Jackwell, he's gone missing most recently, and he's not a citizen, but... There's an old man in town whose son came to visit him, and he too has not been seen in several days. When was the last time any of these people were seen? I would say the most recent one was Jeffrey, and that was probably two weeks, which was what started us sending for the king's justice. There's a bit of a travel between Inlakes and here, so... Any signs of struggle, any deaths, any, uh, you know, remains, blood? No one found any blood in the premises, but the justice turned over many a floorboard and... Studied many things, but I will give you the addresses to these places if you want to go and speak with the families. I'm sure they may be able to help guide you. If they're related, if it's something else, 
I, I don't know. I'll warn you, this, this town is unusual. Uh, many people in this town, we find that we're haunted by things out of the corners of our eyes that we cannot see. And the moving was just out of the question, huh? <laughs> there is not much wealth here to use in uprooting, but it seems it's always on the horizon, a potential. I wouldn't wish the job of mayor of Gaia's on my worst enemy. I do my best to give my people their freedoms, but I cannot free them from the fear within their minds. They see it. Um, when was the first murder? Murder? I assume they're murders. Yes, well, perhaps that's a word we've been trying not to say, not to speak it into existence, you know. Why? It is what it is. Uh, no bodies, no murders. That's also not really how things work. They happened or they didn't. The first to go missing, I believe, was Winston Tierro, father and, of a small family. I'm sorry, and when did you say that was? The beginning of the season, so some 60 days. And the king's justice, he disappeared when? Just recently. So one more thing. So when the first person disappeared... What happened then? Anything new? Anything change in town? Nothing more than the normal shadows we fear. Is this a forgetful noble not recognizing when things change in this town, or is it actually nothing happened? I didn't notice anything, but everyone has their problems. Sometimes they bring them to the mayor, but these are small personal things that are not related to such issues. Well, we've got the names, so- Let's split up, gang! I was going to say that. What the hell is wrong with you? What the hell is wrong with both of you? Where did you say this happened? What is, where are we going? Uh, many of the houses, he writes down some addresses on a piece of paper that you can follow. You can do whatever order you wish. Uh, the Tierros had the first missing person. Sounds good. Let's do that. And do you ever recommend splitting up again? I'm going to eat your hair. And Arvid, when you slam down the beer and you gulp down some of the end of it, um, you get a very strange kind of chemically flavor in the back of your mouth. Mm. What's his face? <clears throat> uh, this isn't very good beer. It's got kind of an aftertaste. All beer has an aftertaste. I take a sip of it and I'm going to roll medicine. Sure. 14 plus 8. This is a very poorly made beer that you detect nothing else in. Hmm. It sucks. <laughs> yes. I'm afraid our shipments on the trade routes are also some of the last in line. Not very good quality. I apologize for that. If you can't get enough good grain to make a good work, then you can simply add extra sugar that'll uh, give it a little bit more pop. Uh, and as for other advice, you can you can warn a fella. <laughs> My apologies. You want a beer? It sucks, but hey, it's beer. <laughs> no one, you, you should be making bourbon. This is easy to make. We will look into this, I suppose, but... Uh, sour mesh? Come on. The people here gave up too much drinking some time ago. There's something is weird going on. Artyom, you don't even drink. Why do you know so much about brewery and distillation? Alcohol is medicine. Or poison. It's literally the only way you can keep slaves in line other than beatings. Or keep people happy. This is not a method that uh, my people are familiar with. <laughs> so the first house on the list, which is closest to the Seven Tables Tavern, is the house of the Wabers, Meredith and Baron, whose daughter went missing some weeks ago. What sort of idiot names her child Baron? <laughs> <laughs> no. The Wabers let you into their living room. You can see a small, humble cottage. There's a fireplace a dining table, a stairway leading up, and one double bed pushed into the corner. They look like they've worked their entire lives. Their clothes are stitched, repaired many times over, and they just seem kind of defeated in sadness. Good wholesome family. Greetings, poppers. We have come to alleviate your problems. You're with the king's justice then as well? Mm. No. Uh, 
Jennifer's room is upstairs. We haven't touched it since she's gone missing. The Justice was up there, but he insisted to be there on his own. Doesn't seem like you're in a position to be picky about your real estate. No, I fear that if we change her room, then when she returns, it won't be there for her. Your superstition is absurd. Use your space to the maximum Uh, of its advantage, and we will find your child as best we can. Just trying to manifest hope, I suppose. Leave them to their hope. It's not hope, it's superstition. It's absurdity. Well, you're you're welcome to go and take a look around, but... See, Jennifer, she, she didn't like many of the other children. She always played on her own. Sometimes she went towards the woods, and we told her not to, but... We just haven't seen her in some time. Some kids are more drawn to the darkness. Artyom starts walking upstairs. Um, it's a very small room. You actually have to kind of crouch down to stand at full height. It's a gabled roof. Um, very small, simple bed. Um, a couple of small chests on the floor. Some of them have clothes neatly folded on top of them that have a, like a tiny layer of dust. Um, and Morty's kind of falling up the stairs, just sniffing around everywhere. This is a palace. Morty, can you smell any children? I will get on for, on wars and, and join him in the sniffling. Sure, yeah. Just roll me investigation. Uh, critical failure. Nice. <laughs> Arvid and... Nope. Artyom and Morty just end up sniffing each other's butts. You come, you come upstairs and you see me and Morty sniffing wildly at everything. Okay. Mm. Uh, this, should I leave? This is how the dogs do this, yes? Is Are you making a joke right now? No, I don't know. It seemed, yeah, it I seemed funny. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, you don't smell anything, but while you're down on all fours, your hand brushes over the carpet and you feel a lump. It's like a very nice, almost like faded pink little rug, um, almost like a toy rug, but it seems like it's covering something on the floorboards. Ugh, I pull it up. One of the floorboards clearly is removable. I'll pry that bad boy up. It, it loosens quite easily. Um, and underneath it, there's a fairly large wooden box, a little bigger than a shoe box. Uh, there are some dried lilies and lilacs on top of it and some pieces of wood shaving kind of packed over the top of it. And now that the floorboard's up, you actually can smell some decay, possibly something that was getting covered up by the flowers and wood. You're supposed to bury your pets outside. Hmm. Fun. Investigate the rest of the hole. Anything else going on in there? Just the box. It fits in very snug. I look at Morty and I'm like, you couldn't smell a dead thing? What kind of dog are you? <laughs> He whimpers. <laughs> Morty, you smell on this, huh? You smell he, this? He sniffles it, yeah. Can you find this? <laughs> the best of a dog shrug you get. <laughs> He's a little confused by the uh, command. What is the point of bloodhound dog? Not bloodhound. What are you? I don't even know. What is the point of dog if it cannot smell things? He can smell plenty of things. He's, it, he's found things. There's dead things in here and he cannot find them. Uh, I guess I could talk to him and see if he's... Uh... Got the head cold or something? <laughs> okay, you have a conversation with the animal. I will keep looking. I'm going to open the box and see what's inside of it. Okay, when you move aside the sawdust bits and the dead flowers, you open it and you see uh, several small, decayed animal bodies. Um, some of them look like they're much older than the others, and the most recent one appears to be a barely decayed feline, maybe a couple weeks dead. Oh, I was just making a joke about burying your pets outside. Um... Are there? I'm going to kind of do a medical investigation and see if there's any signs that they've been tortured or in any other way uh, damaged. Sure. It's a uh, 17. 
it looks like some of the smallest ones are the oldest ones, like little shrews and, and rodents. And then there's like a squirrel and they kind of gradually get more and more recent as they get larger. And it seems like all of them have their neck broken. So killed, do they look like they were splayed open at any point and then sewn back together or just, just killed? Just killed. What color is the cat? Kind of a tabby. Okay. This looks like uh, the behavior of a crazy person. The kind of, uh, you know, they, they kill a lot of people. What is word? Uh, Drav. Sandwich killer? No. Oh, that's rude. <laughs> that is rude. You, you get angry at me for calling out little small men with the same voice as other small men, but uh, you insult my people, do I? It is possible maybe this little girl is uh, not uh, right in the head and starts hurting animals to feel good. I read about this when I was... Uh, Never mind. Yeah, I've I've never heard of this, um, but maybe it's a city folk kind of thing. Uh, how big was this child? It's not terribly easy to snap a cat's neck. Strangers, how big is your child? <laughs> uh, Jennifer was nine. Duh. That doesn't tell me how big she is. I'm sure Arvid was gigantic at nine. Oh, um, fairly normal size for a nine-year-old. She was strong because she spent all the time playing outdoors, but she wasn't particularly tall. I go downstairs and I show him the dead cat. Do you think she could have broken this thing's neck by, her own, by herself? Oh God, what, what is that? The wife reacts the same way, putting her hand over her mouth. It is dead cat. Did he, do you think she was strong enough to break neck like this? Yeah, yes, I suppose she would have been. Mm. But I'm guessing you think maybe she's not emotionally capable of this? I'm not sure. She's been quite distant for some time, but I never would have assumed this. Do you recognize the cat? Is it a stray? Is it a neighbor's pet? It, it's the neighbor's. Oh, Marvelous. I tried to block it out when they kept complaining that it had gone missing. They even came and grabbed the king's justice to complain that their cat had gone missing. That Clearly, sounds like a horrible waste of time. It really does. I think he felt the same way. I'm sorry that we're not treating this with the same level of somberness that you are. You have to understand that we're from an environment where we do a lot of dangerous and terrifying things. So for us, it is easiest to make jokes. We're also always being watched by uh, the League, and so I'm sorry if this is insensitive to you. But I think your daughter is a developing serial killer and maybe just run away from home to hurt things. She used to hunt squirrels with me near the woods. Um, it's a not decadent but reliable food source, I guess... There were signs I could have seen. She might still be out in the woods then, lost. Perhaps. I'm sorry for setting the tone for everything being so light. This has been something I'm used to doing, but uh, maybe not appropriate here. It's like a foreign language to us, to be clear, says the wife. Comedy? Uh, lightheartedness. Ugh. I'm sorry. Well, thank you all the same. We hope you the best in finding where these people have gone, especially Jennifer. Appreciate it. The next house on your list is the Tierros. It's only a few blocks from the Wabers, and as you get there, you can see several large burlap sacks stacked up near the front door um, in a very well-manicured yard with a fence in front of it. The door opens, and a woman, older in her, in her late 40s, very slender with an apron tied around her waist, waves you in. Seems like she was watching from the window. Hello. Hi. Hello. Um, you must be the one the mayor told me about. He came to give his condolences once more and said he would be sending a group of outsiders. Uh, yes, yes. Um, I'm afraid before we begin, I have some horrible news for you. And Chris is going to go and, and hug her and whisper in her ear. I'm sorry, but uh, 
Your, your feline friend is dead. We've never had a cat. It's the other house, dingus. Oh, get off me. <laughs> it's an understandable mistake. There's a lot of houses. When you lean in close to give her this hug and then push away, you do notice that she has some bruising on her neck. Wait, wait. Where's, who else lives here with you? Um, she gestures to the living room and you see two teenage daughters. It seems like they're working on preparing some dinner, chopping onions and carrots. Um, and there's a young boy sitting at the table with like a pocket knife and he's just like whittling into the top of the table with this pocket knife. I apologize if this is far too forward, but what happened to your neck? That would be, uh, that would be the work of Winston. Winston? My husband. That he's the one that's been missing? Yes. I must be perfectly clear that my conscience is clear having reported that my husband is missing, but none of us are eager to have him return. Okay, two points don't make a line. Thank you for seeing us, and I move on to the next house. Oh, oh that's rather, uh, okay. I think I see what's going on here, but I don't want to make any conclusions until I've begun to uh, piece together more information. Do you want to clue us in on these thoughts? Little girl torturing animals, likely going to be serial killer. Man that beats, beats his family. I'm wondering if maybe the people who go missing are just bad people. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe all the people in this town are bad, and these are just the ones who went missing, and there's a correlation, uh, causation, no correlation, but uh, I don't know. Well, thank you for your time. Um, just return if you have any questions. And she goes over to the child digging at the table and says, Alex, I told you to stop digging at the table. He says, I can't, Mom. It's a bottomless hole. Uh, creepy. Was, did you notice something specific about that? No, it's just creepy. Kids are creepy. What do you mean, child? I mean, I can't stop digging. It's bottomless. What is bottomless? The hole. He's digging at the table. Someday the knife's going to come out the other side. Well, then that would mean it has a bottom, doesn't it? Not if I keep doing this. He's just like rotating his wrist back and forth. I kneel down next to him and I look him in the eyes and I say, Child, what is your name? Alex. Alex. You see, we've already had two people go missing and they were both bad people. Did things that uh, other people do not like. People don't like when tables are cut. It'd be a shame if you went missing too. And I stand up and walk away. <laughs> he sets the knife down. Chris swiftly walks over and just takes the knife. And quickly cast mending on the table. See, all better, and I'm keeping this. I don't like this at all. No, neither do I. Either it's vigilante, or it's uh, some kind of horrible monster, or I don't know. But if it's killing bad things, ugh, I don't. Yes. I don't like the moral implications of what we're about to do. I. I mean, I do. Killing bad things that can't be bad, right? Right. Ugh. I'm. Ah. I agreed. I, I told Maven I wasn't going to get into philosophical discussions, so I'm not going to answer that. Have any of you ever heard there are sometimes stories about evil influences like a witch in the woods or like, um, I, I don't know, maybe it's just being poor, but. Go on. But maybe these people haven't always been bad. Maybe there's something that's causing pain. I their... just want to say for the record, just because someone lives in a hut in the woods and practices magic does not automatically make them <laughs> evil, Arvin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Might as well move on. The next business on your list is, in fact, a cheese-making shop called Jackwell's Cheeses. And you realize as you're heading there, like, this town isn't very big. You've only walked maybe, like, a total of 20 blocks from the tavern to the houses. You're getting kind of tired. Like, your bodies are just weary, which is strange because you're all in pretty good physical shape. Um, as you get there, the sign is made to look like a big wheel of cheese with two J's carved into the front of it. The door opens and the bell rings. 
open strangely late for a cheese shop, but there's a man behind the counter and stacked against the walls are all of these huge rind wheels of cheese, hard cases on the outside with wax imprint sealed into them. Excuse me. Hello. Look, we're all very tired. And where, where is Cheddar Jack, please? Oh, uh, hello. I'm afraid I don't know anyone named Cheddar Jack. It says on this piece of paper, Jack. This is a cheddar place. Oh, uh, Jack Well, that's my name. Uh, business name as well. Uh, you're thinking of Jeffrey. Young Jeffrey's gone missing. He's my apprentice. Okay. I uh, gave him my last name because he didn't have a family. Over two, big boy. Let's try this again. Did they, when did they go missing again? Uh, Jeffrey's been missing for about four weeks now. And uh, how much is a wheel of cheese? <laughs> wheel of cheese for a group such as you, I'd only charge you a gold. Ah, I've got that right here. What is cheese? Cheese is just one thing? What kind of cheeses do you have? You have to be more discerning, Arvid, please. No, no, they probably they probably have a house cheese. We do specialize in the house Jackwell's cheese, yes. It's a strong, rich, crumbly white cheese. Something you can only get here. The, the center's very soft. It's, uh, it's cultivated through maggots. What? One more time. Uh, it's processed through maggot digestion. It makes an excellent rich cheese. Hot pass? <laughs> it's already fermented. I don't understand the problem. Or not Hot fermented. Pass. I thought oh. you were all high society. This is common thing. Um, Do I- you also sell the maggots? <laughs> <laughs> Why am I not even remotely shocked? <laughs> so I have a quick question there. Your uh, brother? Jeffrey? Uh, an orphan that I kind of adopted as a, ho- a worker. Oh, a child, they say. Did he, uh, I don't know, cut your cut your feet open while you're sleeping or burn things or did he like to hurt people? Gods, no. He was a little soft in the head, but he made a fine wheel of cheese. Soft in head. Mm, soft cheese. He didn't, didn't talk much. Didn't seem to spend time around people. Always just hiding in his room until it was time to work. Ha! Head cheese. Soft. I get it. Head cheese is thing they use for brain. Da? This is Moving on. Um, I have not, personally. No, never determined. Am I wrong on this? Head cheese is, is brain, yes? Yes, it's not a kind of cheese, but it is delicious. It's joke. It is good. You accidentally make a better uh, joke than you think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, I'm willing to show you his room. I assume you're going to ask instead of kicking the door in like that horrible man from last week. I don't know. We're all pretty tired. I could kick a door in. Let me unlock it for you. How about... <laughs> And he takes out a ring of keys and unlocks the back door. And it looks like it's kind of a storage room that also has a cot set up in it and a little desk that looks like it's made from a table with some crates on top of it. Could you explain this soft in the head? I've never heard that term. Uh, Maybe he was dropped as a lad, kicked by a mule. I'm not sure. Just didn't seem to put numbers together well, didn't form words. But clever enough, followed orders. Seemed nice. Like Philip. Did he have bad habit of being too rough with people, maybe? I never saw him really around people, so I couldn't say. Kept to himself. I'm going to go start looking around the bed area, especially under and around that. Certainly. Go ahead and just roll me a quick investigation. That is a 12. Considering how kind of dingy and dusty this room could be in the state of it, it's actually very well kept. Everything's neatly tucked under. The pillow's fluffed and clean. Um, There's like a tiny layer of dust from not being used, but otherwise this person was very tidy. Inside of the bed, I'm going to like kind of massage the mattress, mm-hmm. feel for anything. Crappy hay. Chris is just going to take a full look around, see what he can find. Sure. Go ahead and roll me an investigation check. All righty. Uh, I'm going to use some luck. 
It takes you a minute to find anything that stands out, but after continued searching, you do find under the desk, there is a drawer with a lock on the front of it. Well, I could ask for the key or I could break it open. Hmm. What's in this bed, boy? And I hit the top of it. Oh, uh, he takes a look under. I didn't know there was a locked drawer there. Uh, he built this desk himself from pieces around town. I never really pried into his business. So if that boy bad at meth, somehow good at carpentry? This is baffling. Also good at cheese making, too. Hmm. Well, only one thing to do about that. He says, going over, grabbing a crowbar. He sticks it in, cracks it open. Says, help yourself. Apparently, you're not concerned about him coming home and being upset about the condition of his place. He Privacy. Lives under my roof. How very deadly of you. Mm. I go searching through it. Um, you find what looks like a bound notebook that kind of feels like someone was like pressing flowers in it because um, it has little lumps throughout it. And then there's a very small wooden box, like it might have held cigars sometime in the past. Well, open it, someone. I flip a page, start going through it. Um, at first, you see lots of meticulous, like wonderfully handwritten notes about recipes for making cheese, ideas for the process, times, like little calendars about aging. And as it gets further back, you find some of the lumps in the pages. There are tiny maggots that have been pinned into it and talking about the species of maggot and whether or not they're good for cheeses and things like that. And you turn a few more pages and it starts turning into sketches and drawings Drawings of the two young teenage girls you saw at the Tiero's house, looking like they're being viewed from a window or from a great distance. And some of them have maggots pinned onto parts of their body. I don't like this at all. I'm, I'm looking at it away from him, so he's not seeing what's going on. Mm -hmm. I close it up. So uh, this cheese is amazing, folks. You must you must try it here. Uh, I know you said you didn't want to, Chris. No. Come on, just no. a little bit. No. <sighs> Later. But trust me, I will destroy this cheese. <laughs> don't find anything useful just some notes that he was keeping about cheese making but we're going to uh, investigate them later he did love to take notes always had that notebook in his hand now yeah. I know where he kept it he's here any other information we should know he'd certainly like to sit by the window I get that impression hmm. we ready to go a hearth takes a claw and just flips the lid of the cigar box open uh, you see many, many maggots in various different sizes and levels of gestation. Some of them have bites taken out of them. And they're still alive? Some of them. I spear one of the still living bitten ones and I eat it. It's juicy. It's been fed. Interesting. Great. Super cool. He's been missing for four weeks, Artyom. These maggots are still alive. Very Interesting. Thank you for your time. Certainly. You might not need to find a new child slave. I don't really like that term, but profit margins have been quite a bit higher since he's gone missing. I haven't had to pay him. He's a nice boy, though. I wish him well. Good. Maybe uh, maybe spend your well wishes elsewhere. Uh, the last name on your list is the Darnoth House. Um, it says General Vincent Darnoth. And as you approach it, it's kind of on the outskirts of the village, and it's very small, single-room bungalow. Uh, and as you walk up, it looks like it's in fairly bad disarray. There's boards over some of the windows, spider webs on everything. The lawn is fully overgrown. And the door looks like it's being held closed with like a metal bar instead of a doorknob that broke off some time ago. Reminds me of home. Uh, and with a knock, you hear a voice from inside say, come, come on in, come on in. And the rod slides out and the door swings open with a loud creak. Um, and everything in here is very dusty. There is an old cot 
well sunken in the center. There is a chair with big metal wheels on the side of it that has an old man sitting inside of the chair, uh, a blanket drawn over him, revealing no feet hanging down from underneath. His beard is very long. His hair is unkempt. His fingernails are a bit dirty. The one thing that stands out, though, is that a wall is covered with an array of war medals hanging in placards. And he sees you all enter and locks eyes with Artyom and says, Have you come to kill me then? Is it my time to pay my dues? <laughs> I'm not going to kill. Why would I kill? Oh, duh. I look at myself. I've killed plenty of your kind. They probably deserved it. It's truth. Gods, Artyom, that's grim. It's probably true. Can I make a, a history check or anything to see what military awarded the medals or what conflict they were from? Absolutely. Go right ahead. All of them. It was all of the conflicts. <laughs> all of them. Every, this... every war. He's a thousand years old. Seven. You can tell that the medals were given by the Leonin army, but what war they were from, you have no idea. Who are you missing? My son. Hmm. Came to visit, visits me once in a while, lives in the capital, long trip, tries to take care of his old man. Patrick loves to fish, spend all day fishing Blackwell Lake. What does your son do in the capital? He ain't had anything you'd call a job in some time. He's kind of a jack of all trades, works here and there, comes and goes. Is he a... Uh... Strong? Is he a clever man? What? How does he ply his trades? He's a good-hearted boy. Not strong. Wasn't fit for the military, but, uh... He works hard. Takes care of my medals when he comes and visits. Polishes them for me. I can't get up and out as often as I used to. In my experience, having a good heart is a better way to lose coin than earn it. Oh, but he couldn't dust this place. No. Good point, Artex. I thought that uh, most militaries will take any living bodies available yeah not if they uh, avoid it and not in peacetime not suited for it not a killer too soft still love him uh it turns to the party that makes him a little different doesn't it not at all <laughs> a no. good person can do, still do horrible things we don't know if the motivation is past behavior if they've committed any crime at all whether they have a bad heart whether they uh, anything like this all we know is that the people who have gone missing have been in some way or another not good or they've ended up that way and Harithax, as you are studying the metals, trying to figure out or find some kind of clue as to their origin, um, you can see that they are kept very immaculate. They look like they were cleaned not too long ago, maybe a couple weeks. Um, but one thing that stands out is that some of them are missing, and the spots where they were is covered in dust. Um, I noticed that, and I'll sort of tug on RTM's shoulder and just gesture at a couple of the empty spaces. Where did you say your son went fishing? Lake Blackwell, just on the edge of town. Artyom just kind of rubs his hands across his forehead. He see, Will, I'm sure your son is, uh, he loves you, and whatever has happened to him, we will find out. Good. He's a good boy. Good heart. Comes, takes care of me. Polishes the medals. Brings me food. Once a year. Oh. What, what, what food does he bring you? Just curious. Military tack and rations is what I'm used to. Lasts the longest. Not much time to get out into town, and it's cheap. Mm. My coffers are running real low these days. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, does he ever treat you to the cheeses? Just curious. Cheese disagrees with me. We'll leave you to uh, 
slowly rotting in your chair. Uh, coin for your time, though. Thanks, soldier. Chris, as you're leaving the place, it feels like your sleeve gets caught on a stray nail, like something's tugging at your arm and it hurts for a moment and you turn to look, but it's fine. It's not caught on anything at all. What the bloody hell? I just bought this. Oh, oh. What? Shall we go then? Y- yes. Doesn't seem like it's necessarily evil people. Just maybe somebody who's done bad things. I mean, maybe this kid's a good boy and he just doesn't have a lot of money. But it could actually be that he's a shithead and... Ugh, I don't like this. It's possible that they start off better than they end up. That journal started more normal and slowly descended into creepy maggot stalking. Uh, we can't understand the source, so all we can do is hopefully find them. Well, if you're a strange corrupting influence in the town, where might you be? Then you hear a strange sound filling the night just outside. Voices uniting in something between a prayer and a chant. Off-key, but charged with passion. You look out into the night as the golden moon creeps out from behind a heavy cloud to see figures moving through the cobblestone streets. The people of Geyers, leaving their homes. In one hand a candle, another a lantern, all cloaked in browns. Robes, burlap sacks, cut blankets. Their voices unite, and they move out towards the farmlands, feet bare and hearts full. Kip. Kip, oh man, this is bad, Kip. Uh, Storm? Uh, what's wrong, pal? I have some bad news. We're doomed. We're... we're what? It's the larder. They're in a scrap of food in this musty old ghost factory. Not so much as a grain of rice or a loose bean. Not even salt to season my own shoes with. I found some mushrooms, but they were growing in a bottle of liquid under the trash can. Oh, gross. Well, c- clearly we can't eat those. <sighs> yeah, that'd be, uh... that'd be crazy. Anyway, we're out of food. Storm, we've only been here for like an hour. Just sit back and calm down. I know you had breakfast. You ate it very loudly on the ride over. Nah, breakfast just primes the pump. When I go into survival mode, I get hungry. Distract me, Kip. What are you up to? I'm reading. Good. I could use a bedtime story. What you got? Some Michelle Brighton? A Jean Gristle? Just tell me it's not Stefan Duke. I cannot do horror right now. No, I found it on that big shelf in the attic. It's actually really interesting. Things about planar history and a lot of notes about the moon. The only problem is a lot of it's in a really strange language. I don't even fully recognize it. You sure that's a language and the author wasn't just having a seizure? I am. I'm starting to be able to translate it. It just takes some time. It's kind of a subtext. It shows what's true and what's false with the written signet. It's fascinating. Wowee, Kip. You sure know how to have a good time. Well, my quest for food is far from over. I'm going to the basement. Maybe they preserved some preserves or pickled some pickles or something. Want me to grab you anything? From the... Basement? Hey, don't say I didn't offer. I haven't eaten rats since my novice days, but if I see one, I may get a little nostalgic. Have fun with your linguistics assignment. I will. If I could just understand the truth. What are you telling me? Oh. Oh, I see. Oh, it's starting to make sense now. Everything. Everything's starting to make sense. Farewell, Your Grace. Thank you again for visiting and blessing our halls with your presence. Well then, the hill giant duke is gone now. It's time to clean up this mess. This is revolting. This giant duke really got things dirty down here. 
I'm not surprised. A duke that big is bound to cause some damage. There's filth everywhere. What a messy, messy duke. Well, I'm shocked the exit was large enough for him to leave. But how are we going to clean up this horrible mess that the duke left? <laughs> Look, it's the toilet paper night. What? We can't understand you. No, you have to take off your helmet. Oh, he's giving us toilet paper. <laughs> A lot of toilet paper. That's kind of weird. Well, he is the toilet paper knight. Wow, it's so absorbent and durable. Well, this is just what we need to clean up after this greasy duke. Thank you, toilet paper knight. When you have a messy problem that needs to be dealt with, you can always count on the TPK. Toilet Paper Night. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, hell you cuties. <laughs> hope you're all enjoying part one of our Halloween special. Law really outdid himself at the Spook Factor on this one, and I cannot wait to hear everyone's reactions. I want to take a moment and thank our legendary teams, the Iron Rhapsody, the Tavern Brawlers, the Moonlight Vale, the Oathsworn, and the Ancestors Fury, as well as this week's featured team, the Cultured Cutthroats, with Zan Cam, Jeff Ammons, Jack Phillips, and Isaac Davies. I also want to thank our newest legendary patron, Luthus Anderson. Boy, I hope I got that name right. Thank you all so much for your support. This is a really light news week for us, so I'll just keep it short. If you're in the mood for more spooks and haven't yet, check out my stream Monday and Wednesday at 6pm where the month of October I've been playing nothing but free and cheap horror games. Some really interesting and scary stuff out there on a low budget. And Law streams right after me with Hollow Knight. Law and I have been doing our Pokemon Nuzlocke starting right off the bat at 6pm on Tuesdays and Thursdays to streamline the process, but I think that's enough out of me, so let's get you back to the action. The Faces of the Moon a poem by Alma the Godsinger, written in the Age of Legends. The Azure Princess, cloaked in white, stands vigil over Kingdom Night. Her frozen tears take wind and wing and guide the dawning of the spring. The green-eyed goddess slowly paws into the darkness sinks her claws. In prowl she seeks the hidden light while cutting pinholes in the night. The warrior with his golden shield rides brave across the midnight field. With lance of dawn held tight in fist, he races down the morning's list. 
a sanguine scar is carved on high and bleeds across the broken sky. Like ripples in a crimson lake, it guides lost spirits in its wake. And after each the ivory woe, a ghost with gloom and death in tow. And while his eyes are last to show, he sees what others fear to know. We find the mortal dawn on the outskirts to the village of Geyers, looking out into the farmland to the north of the village. You see the citizens leaving their homes, forming lines, dressed in brown robes made from various fabrics, carrying light sources, and converging in a circle out in the fields. Oh, what the bloody hell are they doing now? Festival? Festival? Really? I guess not. I'm certainly hoping this isn't the cause of whatever's happening. Oh, I'm sure it isn't. I'm sure it's not that easy. Shall we follow them? Surreptitiously, huh? Mm. It's always been our strong suit. We're so good at this What about syrup? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Ovid. I'll get you a dictionary later. So you find a small family making their way out and carefully follow them. Not too obvious, but not necessarily hiding in shadows. And they don't seem bothered by this. And as they get closer to the circle, their voices join in to this strange, organic prayer, chanting, some sort of uncultivated song that's off-key. Hey, you. Uh, A mother guiding a couple of children turns to face you and says, Yes? What the bloody hell is going on? We're meeting for prayer. Prayer to? Um, we don't necessarily call the names of the gods here. We just pray to the land. And bless it for what we have. Is this a relatively new thing? Because you're awfully out of tune. Well, the beauty of the music isn't what's important. It's the truth of it. I know, beauty counts for something. Savage. (laughs) It's not new, no. A few years now. It just seemed to happen. Uh, The church doesn't really speak to us anymore. It seems they care more about science than they do faith. And we need hope. Chris starts running ahead. I just grab him by the back of the clothes. What the hell do you think you're doing? Do you see here how off-key and awful they are? Do you remember surreptitious? As in, like, not in the front? Oh, we can actually help them in ways that count. I need you to be calm. Okay? Surreptitious. Let's let this play out. For all we know, this could be the important clue. Yes, Captain. Surreptitious. And you observe out towards the fields as this circle grows, as more members of families from different houses come out, um, each of them bearing some sort of light source. And after the first song is done, maybe some 15 minutes of this just random chanting that sort of bounces back and forth from voice to voice, some of them step forward and move pieces of wood that they've brought with them and form a little bonfire in the center. I pass a hand over my staff of the witness and cast sea invisibility. Okay. Uh, and Arvid's going to use his innate ability to detect magic to see if this is uh, creating anything. Okay. And I'm going to go ahead and roll religion to see if I can piece together what exactly they might be trying to do. That's a 10. It seems like completely improvised garbage. Gotcha. And at this point, when nobody's really looking or paying attention to Chris anymore, he's going to silently start an unearthly chorus to help this along. All right. The music perhaps improves slightly. Are they casting? 
Um, you do detect some magic, um, and there's a quick flash, but it's from behind you, from Chris. There is no magic happening in this circle, nor are there any invisible entities within sight. Are they casting? Uh, no, but Chris and Harlothax did. I look over at Chris. Yes. Artin. I cast a spell magic on it and then continue. And you do notice one figure as you've been kind of studying this ring that looks like it's being an observer. It's not participating in this prayer ritual in any way. It's watching from a distance and it's not a figure dressed in weird brown robes. It's a very well-dressed man in blacks and grays. Um, And he seems to be aware of your group too and kind of gives you a friendly nod and starts pacing towards you like he was just here observing and realizes he's not alone. Welcome to uh, to Geyer's. It's your first time. No, this is my usual summer spot. <laughs> I take it you're the ones that the mayor hired. That we are. Sorry for my friends. We are a little unusual. On nights like this, nothing you can really do would stand out as too unusual. Perhaps I could be of assistance to you, though. How's that? I'm the priest here at town. I take care of Oathgate Temple, and I might have some insight as to what's been happening with the people in town. I can explain back there. I don't want these folks to hear about it. I don't want to interrupt whatever it is that they're finding faith in. Are you all good with following strange priests to a place where people have been disappearing? Why not? I mean, it's either that or stay out here with the cultists. Fair enough. I do have a stew going if any of you are hungry. Are the maggots in it? No, just rabbit. Some veggies. All right. As we walk, I say to him, you must not be very happy about their uh, change in faith. I have mixed feelings about it, to say the least, but I can explain that when you see my temple. That might answer some of your questions as well. And as you approach, it's on the other side of town from the farmlands. It's a very well-made stone temple, but it looks old. Simple, small, um, really nice archway going over the top. And the courtyard has a wonderfully manicured botanical garden. Um, There are labels on different kinds of herbs, plants. There's some vegetables like tomatoes and potatoes, things that are growing here. And he seems like he's maximized his space for plant growth. Um, With Harithax's herbalism background, are there any unusual herbs growing here? Go ahead and give me a roll. Okay. Uh, 17 plus, what would that be, survival? Um, it's your herbalism, so it would be your proficiency, and then I think we called it wisdom for you. Okay, um, so that's 22 total. There's nothing particularly like strange or nefarious, but there are some pretty high science herbs being used, or things that are only kind of used in very complicated herbal tinctures. Okay, I'll, take, I'll make a note of that, but I won't say anything yet. Uh, and as you go inside, you see bookshelves on every wall, tomes stacked up to the ceiling. Um, There are maps of different kingdoms. There are maps of the plains and the stars kind of mounted onto the walls. Everything seems a little out of place. Like this is an old, simple building with very inexpensive sciences slapped on the front of it, like a facade. As we come in, are there like other rooms or is it just one big empty space? Um, The main thing you see is you're in a foyer that leads off to one side that has a large temple. Um, There's room for maybe 40, 50 people to sit in pews. Uh, And then there's a door in the back that looks like a private quarters or storage. I kind of nudge Chris a little bit and I point at the priest and I do this. I do a little hand motion to indicate that he should start talking. I nod to Harithax and I gesture towards the door. And like wave my hands in front of my face to suggest that he might want to go uh, shadow form to check it out. 
And then uh, Arvid, I kind of give a, a like a around the room gesture to kind of investigate the space. So uh, Father Patrick, is that, is that what you like to be called? My name is Father Josiah Brenlin, and I welcome you to the Oathsgate Temple. Oathsgate? What, what, is, what is Oathsgate? I believe it was named after a very old cleric that used to live here and paid to have it constructed. And he was a cleric to whom? Or to what? Uh, Sigmus at the time. Um, I'm a priest of Osaria. Osaria? I... Who's Osaria? I roll. Uh, that's going to be uh, 13. Uh, very regularly practiced deity, uh, the goddess of knowledge and understanding. Osaria. It's pretty unusual that these people would be so superstitious in the face of a faith that's so based on rationality. I'd have to agree with you, but uh, if you practice a god for a very long time, sometimes your faith can waver a bit. I became fascinated more with science and the things we can manifest with our hands, not having to call out to the gods. I care for Osaria very deeply, but I wanted to teach the people of this town more about medicine and herbalism, the sciences, healing you can do without having to pray to the gods. From the gossip, it would seem that um, this has upset some of your followers. You're not wrong. Uh, they seem a bit of a superstitious people, and when they started learning sciences instead of biblical passages, I think they sought their own faith. It would seem that some of them seem to have adopted your sciences, the maggot cheese and things like this. This is pretty advanced. Uh, Jackwell's been practicing cheese since long before he lived here in Geyers. A clever man to say the least, but uh, he still seems to be saddened by his lack of the old stories instead of my new lectures. So is it just a coincidence that, what, something like 20% of your population seems to be psychopathic or in some other way harmful to other people? I feel that they have demons that they have difficulty dealing with. Um, yes, I see. I start flipping through the pages, slowly getting to the little girls. Yes, demons, I'm sure. Yes, um, I can perhaps shine a little insight on some of this that could help you, I hope. That man who came into town, he was most uncouth. Uh, the people did not take kindly to him, nor did I. During this conversation, Harthax will have been kind of slowly, like, meandering around the room, like, looking at stuff until I get over to the door. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to test the handle and see if it's locked or not. Uh, it is, um, the back storage room. Well, I did offer you some stew. Can I get anyone a bowl? I pull out a small, uh, what looks like a handful of trail mix from my pocket, and I start eating it. Um, I would love some soup. Certainly. And he goes over to the door that Harithax is near and unlocks it and lets you in. It looks like a small living quarter with more books and a couple of small um, tables set up with some scientific notes on them. It looks mostly like herbalism and a little bit of geology. And there's a small cook pot in the corner where there's a little fire and the smell of some kind of herbal soup filling the air. So, what happened 60 days ago? Did anything change? I think that that was when there was a major turn away from my teachings and they started really investing and spreading the word of the power behind their rituals of praying at night to no one in particular. I think they were desperate for some kind of hope. The people of this town, they have many dark thoughts, and some of them fail in battling their demons. The justice who visited, he too had his demons that he had difficulty facing, and I fear he may have lost that battle. And when they turned away from your teachings in favor of animism, did that upset you and give you some demons of your own to battle? I think there's demons in all actions like this, but I care very deeply about the people of Geyers. I feel disappointed that they don't care about the sciences because I think it's our path to the future. 
but I can't hold it against them that they're seeking hope in such strange times. One of the uh, tenets of the church that they do seem to still hold on to, despite not being fond of my lectures, is confession. Many of them come to me and speak to me of the battles that they have in their minds, and I may have some insight as to uh, connecting points between some of the people who've gone missing. Young Jennifer, Winston, the General's son, Jeffrey, they've all come to me and spoken to me of the demons they face. This book seems like clear, clear evidence, though I did not know they had taken any action towards their dark thoughts. I tried to show them that they did not have to give in to this darkness. There's always more truth to seek. But they did mention spending time out in the woods, the old vine woods. I'm going to flip through that journal and see if there's some date entries that might suggest that when they went, it got worse. Mm. Uh, you don't find any mentions of the forest itself, um, but the timeline seems to check out that things started getting worse um, some 60 so days ago. Looking based on these dates of when these people started to uh, start to reach out and maybe try to understand themselves, possibly when they went to the woods, this might have been when it got worse. I believe, Hartax, you're saying something about the possibility that it was a force that was making them worse, not that they were bad to begin with. Do any of you feel strange? We've been here for a few hours, and yet I feel drained. Oh, I thought I was just overeating the cheese. I'm uh, glad it's not that. One second. I pull my boots off. Mm-hmm. Do I feel different? You feel tired. And even without that, like you just kind of felt a little grogginess in your limbs. I always felt kind of a uh, little exhausted, but that's just normal. But uh, yeah, now that with the boost off, it's much louder. I can tell you that the King's Justice, I told him the same thing about the fact that they spent time in the woods. And that's when he went missing. I went out myself to try to find the truth of it. And I saw nothing. Sounds like the King's Justice wasn't exactly a good man himself. I fear that may be true. He did not have a confession with me, but I could... I could sense a hunger for violence inside of him. I think perhaps he was no longer a constable because he had a tendency to harm others. King's Justice, this is not a job that draws the attention of good, kind people. This could be a clue to help you. I hope it's helpful anyway. It's, it's not orthodox for a priest like myself to reveal things about the confessions of others, but if it means saving their lives potentially, it's a risk I'll have to take. It's not like they follow my dogma anymore anyway. Thank you for your information, and I'm sorry for being uh, paranoid. You seem like a creepy priest in a strange place who might be jealous of new God. A man of science hiding in a church is a strange thing indeed, especially when he calls himself a priest. My road to travel is deciding whether I need to commit myself to Osaria or the teachings in these books. I put my hand on my religious symbol and say, that is a question we have to answer for ourselves. It seems the road we travel gets further and nearer from our faith at any given time. If you ever find yourself in Lucinilli, come check out the lands of Ultimate Questing. We can talk faith. Well, I hope that if you succeed in finding out what happened to the people of Gyres, I can see you again and wish you farewell. Would you like a soup to go? I don't eat anything on Quest. Very good. Well, I'm going to return to my garden. At night, some of the herbs need special tending. You make your way out into the old wine forest. Young saplings emerge in the shadows of old-growth elms. Moss and low-hanging branches create barriers along a rarely used path that zigs and zags into the heart of the old woods. Owls shriek out their concern. Coyotes scream their night song in the distance. And there, on a nearby tree, there is a glimmer reflecting in the penetrating moonlight. 
A silver ring with an ivory blade marker, a symbol of the crown's justice, stuck firmly on the finger of a hand and forearm, severed at the elbow, mounted proudly on an iron nail. Storm? S Storm? <laughs> Just you try. Yep. <laughs> You had a lot of sleeping orcs lie. I could have sleep flayed you and I would have felt just terrible in the morning. Oh, sorry, pal. I just can't sleep in this place. No, you're scared, little buddy. Spooky old house getting to you. You can sleep in here with old Stormclad. I'll keep you safe. Unless you wake me up. Well, maybe, but... Storm, I'm hearing voices. Kip, we're camped under a hundred tons of rotten wood and mold disguised as a house. This place creaks more than Nam Nam's mithril hip. The wind blazed these walls like some kind of big, dumb, rectangular oboe. It'd be weirder if you weren't hearing things. Right. Right. Well, I'll sleep in here anyway, if that's okay. Maybe your snores will drown out the creepy... Voices. Okay, Killigan. Get it together. <laughs> it's just the wind. Sleep now. Sleep. Getting sleepy. Yes, I already told you. I can hear you. Please, please leave me alone. I heard you the first time. I won't do it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it! Why? Why do you want this? Really? Is... Is that true? But... But he's my friend. He's my only friend. Well... I mean, if you say so, I'm trusting you here. In the morning. I'll... I'll do it in the morning. <laughs> Sleep well, Storm. Sleep well. Gross. I empathize. <laughs> I, I don't know how to feel about what's going on, y'all. I'm excited. I love the idea. Like, I'm I'm already amped about the whole, like, only bad people, but are they really bad people? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, it's good shit. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, let's keep in mind what one thinks does not reflect who they are as a person. We all have weird thoughts. Yeah, but there weren't just thoughts. They were actions. Uh, only once they started looking into it. Only once they started going to this dark uh... presence that then started messing with them. So for all we know, these people were just like, I have idle thoughts about hurting animals. And that's the kind of thing they would have grown out of. And then they go see this thing and all of a sudden it blossoms into nasty boys. Yeah. Boys. Even IRL, uh, like extra stress of darkness will uh, make people do things that they would not normally. Anybody. Anybody. Yeah. Hmm. So let's go ahead and get this big, sexy ball rolling. I'm going to go around the table with some introductions, starting with... Sam playing Arvid Ulfmund. Yeah. That's it? Just <laughs> no. I... I'm level nine. We're all level nine. We yeah. are level nine. I'm cross-class uh, druid, uh, bard, bard. Nope. Nope. Oopsie doopsies. <laughs> I think Drew Barb was the word we Drew Barb. Uh, and, and, uh, Big beautiful Drew Barb bye. Also a furbolg. Mm -hmm. nice. It's fun. Uh, I'm Michael Loving. I play Harithax, the ninth level warlock. Hi, I'm Alante. I play Krista Gran, the crystalline sorcerer and creation bard. 
Nice. I am Zach Barkas. I play Artem Volkov, the Cleric of Sunlight and Suffering. I'm also the technical director, producer, and partial editor for Slapdash Studios. I also want to thank Wes Scottco for doing such a fantastic job on this edit. Thank you so much. And I'm Law. I'm the Dungeon Master for the League of Ultimate Questing and the Creative Director of Slapdash Studios. I want to thank you all so much again for showing up for this episode, which always goes live every fucking Monday without fail. Woo! Despite everything, <laughs> we still put out our episodes, and I hope you guys appreciate that. If you do, feel free to check out our Patreon and, uh, you know, help support us through this whole thing. Uh, I would also strongly recommend you check out our Discord and all this other stuff. You can find all of this information at theluq.com, where you can find links and and posts and everything like that also feel free to check out our social media whenever you get the chance but until next time we wish you luck